G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, I wonder if we were to take an opportunity to reflect on 2017, whether we would come up with the idea that this year was either a good year or a bad year. And there might be good dimensions and bad dimensions, and we might be able to identify that it's been both a good year and a bad year. But I wonder how you feel about 2017. It certainly has been a dramatic year for change, tragedies, controversies. And if you could identify the big picture issues that mark a year as either good or bad, which things would you identify? Would it be Donald Trump's ascendancy to the U.S. presidency? Of course, some people are going to say that's a good thing and others are going to say that's a bad thing. Or the emergence of the North Korean nuclear threat. I think most people might agree that's a bad thing. How about the cultural dynamic of changing the marriage definition in Australia? Or the legalising of euthanasia in Victoria? Well, there have been some dreadful terror attacks through the year too, including Melbourne's Burke Street Mall attack. Six people killed, as you'll remember, and 30 more others injured. And in contrast, Iraq's territory has been liberated from ISIS. So it seems to be a year where the scale of things is bigger than perhaps we've ever seen. In the last week of 2020 and 2017, we want to reflect on the good and the bad in a dramatic year. And so I want to invite you to be part of our conversation. We'll open our talkback lines. You might have your own thoughts to offer. 1-800-316-316. And to reflect along with us through this coming hour... Just great to be able to welcome back Bill Muhlenberg, who has been our regular guest almost every week of the year in 2017. And as a Christian cultural commentator, he's continually connecting faith to the issues of the day. So we'll expect some good insights from Bill Muhlenberg today as we welcome Bill. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Well, Bill, it is a significant time. We're drawing to the close of another year, and I tell you, I don't know whether it's like this for you, but the year for me seems to have flown. Mm. Uh, Is this just because we're getting a little bit older, a little greyer? What's happening with the years going so fast? Uh, Well, I think you might be on to something there. We are uh, getting up there. Uh, So, yes, they certainly do seem to fly by, and, and, and soon enough we'll be doing this at the end of uh, 2018, I suppose. I think we could say we can hope we will be. (laughs) Bill, if we reflect on 2017 and we say, has this year been a good year or a bad year, uh, given your tendency to a little pessimism, and I don't say that as a a criticism, I just say that as an observation, uh, what would you say? Good year, bad year. How does it go on balance? Oh, well, if you looked at only the short term, if you just had the last 12 months in view, it would, as according to your list that you just gave, 
uh, <clears throat> it would seem to be, oh, well, it wasn't the best of years on so many fronts. So many bad things indeed did happen, both in Australia and overseas. So uh, if we had just the short-term view in mind, um, there could be real cause for concern. But, of course, as Christians, we uh, always need to have the eternal perspective, and that certainly makes all the difference. Um, For example, we know that there's always going to be a mix of good and bad between the first coming of Christ and the second so we, uh, you know, look back to what Christ did to deal with sin and evil and all the problems in the world, and we look forward to when he comes again <clears throat> to finally wrap things up. Uh, one day every wrong will be uh, judged, every right will be recognized, so we know that uh, there is a God of justice who rules in this world. He's uh, not caught off guard by the things that happen. He's still on the throne. He's still working out his purposes. And uh, in due course, he shall indeed uh, come again. So uh, that's what helps us to not become overly pessimistic. We are realistic. We know that sin is real. There are evil people in the world, and there are sinful agendas, ideologies, practices. And we dare not be glib or uh, unmindful of that. But Again, as Christians, we believe that God is uh, ultimately going to triumph over all these uh, examples of evil. So that's what keeps us going. We keep fighting. We keep uh, plugging away, doing what's right. Even though we may have a few setbacks on the way, we know we, uh, we never give up. Bill, interestingly, when we discuss good and bad, if we were only looking at the national or international headlines, uh, we might be able to, in a more quantitative way, uh, say whether things have been good or bad. Mm. But of course, there are those individuals, and we can take you know our own circumstances into account here, uh, whether 2017 has been a good year or a bad year may come down to whether someone in your household or you yourself uh, lost a job and uh, Mm. somehow or other there was no wage coming in where there was before or uh, an illness uh, overtakes you in 2017 and and somehow or other everything has changed or there's been a death in the family. Mm. Uh, Those sorts of things really bring things close to home, don't they? And uh, sometimes, and I've heard someone of just recent times saying they can't wait for the end of 2017 because they're looking for a fresh start in 2018. And it's Mm. it's like... uh, 2017 hasn't been a good year for them. They're looking forward to a fresh start for 2018. So the way we judge good and bad, sometimes not even to do with these headlines at all, just whether our own circumstances of survival are good. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, In fact, probably most people are far more concerned about their immediate circumstances, as you say, whether losing a job or a loved one. And, of course, every Christmas this is always... Uh, brought to the fore in very dramatic ways every every time this year we read about some tragedy that's happened to what should be among the happier times of the year uh can be a real time of sorrow for some as an example i think here in victoria just recently uh, a group of people from a company had gotten together for a christmas party that should be a good thing went out on a outside uh, balcony to have their photo taken. And in the midst of that, 
uh, it collapsed, and at least two people died. So imagine the the grief right there. This is Christmas. End of year was going to be a good, uh, you know, break-up party for a group of people, and ends in tragedy. So that is always a part of life in a fallen world. Um, it's not just the big picture with threats of nuclear annihilation, uh, you know, madmen at the helm in North Korea, but everyday immediate concerns. A loved one who's gone astray, a uh, uh, bout with cancer. So, yeah, it's... Uh, we look forward to a new year for a new beginning, but uh, we can even on a daily basis, as we read in uh, what seems like a gloomy book, and if I seem to be negative, well, you better read this book, uh, <laughs> Lamentations, one of the more gloomy, pessimistic books around, but right smack in the middle of Lamentations, uh, Jeremiah has that great passage in chapter 3 about God's mercies are new every morning. So even, you know, we go to bed at night with uh, dismay and grief and tragedy and hardship, but we get a new beginning every morning as well as the, the new year. So, again, we need the bigger perspective. Certainly Christians need to see things in the light of eternity and God's promises, and that does sustain us through some often very hard times. You raise just an amazing point, Bill, when you talk about our attitude to whether the year has been a good year or a bad year. And sometimes the attitude can be uh, wildly uh, moving off in all sorts of different directions. But as you say, when you have a context uh, coming back to the Scripture, coming back to something that's not movable, God's not moving He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And whether you're feeling as though your circumstances are good or bad, uh, that might even be a little bit irrelevant. And that actually does impact on our attitude to how our lives are and how we see the outlook for the future. Because God's already got future, the future in His, in the palm of His hand. In that sense, so a very powerful thing to recognise those values that come from the scriptures that give us context and give us a capacity to look for good things even even if things are crumbling around us yeah that's that's at the bottom line it's it's again how we respond how we react uh two different people can have the very same you know exact identical circumstances but how they view them really does make all the difference think of the two spies uh, going into Canaan versus the other ten. The ten gave a very negative report. Oh, there's giants in the land. There's no way we can take this. It's impossible. This is a no-hoper. Uh, you know, it was that was a negative report. But looking at the exact same situation through eyes of faith, the other two spies said, hey, this is a great land. Uh, you know, the crops are great. There's a lot of food. It's a lush place we can certainly take it with god's grace so identical situation both people looking at it but one through the eyes of faith and the other through a more fleshly point of view so that's got to be the same with us uh, whether it's uh, north korea rattling its sword or whether it's uh, your own husband who's just lost his job at the end of the year and has no idea what's next uh, it's the same thing the circumstances, as you say, in themselves, they're very real, but at the end of the day, they don't determine 
uh, God and how he's going to work things out. So we have to keep that perspective in mind. Well, I want to invite listeners to join in our conversation. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Your thoughts on whether 2017 has been a good year or a bad year. Bill, let me take us back to the beginning of the year and the instalment of Donald Trump as the United States President. And uh, for this, uh, for people who are listening to our conversation now, some are going to think, well, wasn't that a dreadful thing that happened, that Donald Trump became the president, or wasn't that a great thing that happened? Mm -hmm. And if I were reflecting, because I know you well enough, having spoken to you almost every week uh, for a number of years now, uh, that you were not that excited about Donald Trump ascending to the presidency uh, because of some of the issues of his life and character, uh, those sorts of things. Uh, but as you reflect on the year that has gone by with Donald Trump as the US president and as the leader of the free world, which is why we'd be talking about him in Australia, uh, what are your thoughts on, on whether that's been a good thing or a bad thing over the past year? Yeah, with all these issues, it's always probably a mix, good and bad. I certainly was hesitant, uh, certainly back in the primaries. He wasn't my first choice. I thought we had better uh, candidates uh, among the Republicans that we could have run with. Uh, there's no question anybody just about we, when I say this I, as the conservatives, who ran against Hillary would have been preferred because Hillary Clinton would have simply continued the eight years of Obama, and those were very bad eight years, and she would have just had more of the same. So, sure, in one sense, anybody uh, who's not a Democrat, uh, or at least in that tradition, would have been a preference. So, yeah, he's he's been on the job for a year. He's, he's done some good things, so we applaud and give credit where it's due when he does. Uh, you know, the most recent thing, uh, recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, uh, mind you, it's something a number of others promised. Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton had promised to do it. Obama had promised to do it. They never did. Um, uh, Trump did, however, do it. So if you're a supporter of Israel, and I think we all should be in one sense or another, that was certainly a good thing. Uh, some of the uh, activities on various fronts uh, that Obama had simply made worse and worse. Um you know, you could really describe his eight years as a fairly anti-Christian, pro-Islam, pro-homosexual, pro-abortion reign. So uh, for that and other reasons, to simply see a discontinuation of what he was doing and to get a, a new face in. So, yeah, he's uh, in some ways surprised me. He's done well. In other ways, he's uh, still Trump. <laughs> and, uh, you know... And as I said often uh, before the election last year, um, well, it's uh, at the end of the day, the issue is not so much who's sitting in the White House, but, uh, well, who's ultimately the king of the universe. Uh, at the end of the day, one human being is not going to save us. Only Jesus Christ can do that. But it is good to have people who may be slightly more in tune with his purposes than those who are not. So uh, if that's not too waffly uh, on a mixed bag, I'd, I'm certainly glad he's there. He's been doing some good things. Uh, I think he's surrounded himself with some good people, and he may be, you know, it's hard to say, has he now indeed become a Christian? He certainly wasn't originally. 
So, you know, we keep praying for him. We keep praying for those around him and pray that uh, America, for the most part, can be a force for good in the world, at least uh, slow the rot for some time to come. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Bill Muhlenberg's our guest and you're welcome to join in our conversation today talking about whether 2017 has been a good year or a bad year and there'll be perspectives on both sides. Uh, Bill, let's take a call. Let's hear from Shelby, one of our regular guests. Hello, Shelby, a listener. Uh, what are your thoughts on 2017? Hello, Neil, uh, Bill. Mate, um, I'll say it in two words, good and bad. I'll cover the good part first. Um, I agree with uh, Bill with saying, uh, you know, I think God has put um, uh, Donald Trump in order, especially the good of the fact that he's recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And I, the bad part of it is that the Muslims don't realize that there were 600 years later after Jesus, when Muhammad came along and, and then wanted to conquer the world and conquer Jerusalem. And it, the bad part is that these people still don't get it. Um, the biblical side of things says it, that um, God owns um, Jerusalem with Jesus. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Uh, response from you, Bill Muhlenberg. Yeah, it's a very good point indeed. In fact, we can say uh, in terms of uh, well, Muslims becoming Christians, not only last year, but as some of your listeners know, perhaps for the last century we've had more Muslims come to know Jesus Christ around the world than in their 1,400-year history. So even though it's getting worse and worse in many respects with Muslim-majority countries, with Islam, uh, Islamic State, with jihad, uh, with all the stuff we're seeing, including the push for Sharia law in the West, that's all bad news. But in terms of Muslims in record numbers, if you will, coming to know Christ, often through dreams and visions, well, last year and the last century has been very good indeed. So that's another kind of contrast of good and bad. We're not thrilled with the jihad, which is getting worse and has gotten worse last year, but other Muslims who are coming to know Jesus Christ. That's very good news indeed. So, again, in a mixed uh, world, a fallen world, we're going to get mixture of good and evil, and uh, we can recognize both. Thank you so much to Shelby. You can be a part of our conversation, our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. In fact, reflecting on those sorts of issues with Muslims, uh, Bill, of course, uh, it was the 9th of December. The Iraqi military announced it had fully liberated Iraq's territory from ISIS. And so that's a conflict that's been going since 2014. And so I guess we're only talking three years here. ISIS has become part of the global landscape, but uh, really it's only been a three-year uh, uprising that's happened with ISIS. Of course, that's not all over yet. Uh, there'll be more things that will happen as those fighters go back to their own homelands. Uh, but there are some good things to reflect on in what has happened in 2017, and that would be a, a, an issue of contrast, wouldn't it, what's happened in Syria? Yeah. Well, absolutely. The whole IS thing is, of course, uh, you know, they were under all assurances from their Quranic beliefs that they were the ones chosen to establish a universal caliphate to see the whole world taken over for Islam. And 
and done so by the edge of the sword. Uh, forget the idea of, uh, you know, evangelism. Uh, they took their beliefs uh, quite uh, solidly and say death to the infidels. So they really believed they were on a God-given mission to uh, win over the whole world. And, you know, at first it looked like they were conquering huge swathes of territory, and they looked unstoppable. And as we said in the previous section, uh, look, we didn't get such a good response out of people like Obama, who was far more pro-Islam and anti-Christian, so he wasn't often taking seriously the threat of IS. Uh, Trump is a different kettle of fish here. He's under no illusions as to... uh, what the jihadists are up to and what IS has been doing. So, yeah, we've had a very good rollback just in the past year, uh, almost, well, not all, but getting close to uh, all the territory lost in the last three or so years has been reclaimed. Uh, Sure, we got a big job of securing those territories, (laughs) rebuilding. I mean, a lot of these places are just... They're a ghost town with, uh, you know, entire cities basically leveled. And so the rebuilding process will be massive, but it's been a big win. It's been a good year for rolling back IS, for defeating them on so many different uh, fields of battle. And now they are in retreat, and they're uh, certainly looking not at all like what they tried to look like some three years ago. But then we reflect on uh, things like the terror attack mm-hmm. there at the Ariana Grande yeah. con- uh, concert in the UK. Yeah. And uh, back to earlier this year, the Melbourne Burke Street Mall uh, yeah. attack and six killed and uh, 30 other others injured. I mean, then there's, of course, uh, attacks in France and trucks and all sorts of uh, issues mm-hmm. there. And uh, for those who are involved in those, uh, certainly not a good year. No, no. Well, as we say, uh, jihad in the West is getting worse. Uh, Part of that, uh, well, there's various reasons, but a good part has been fairly weak leadership in the West, often pro-Islamic leadership, whether Merkel in Germany or the various leaders of late in France, even the UK, even with uh, now supposedly back to the Tories and the conservative government weakness on the part of May. Uh, Obama, again, very weak on Islam and the threat it poses. So it certainly doesn't help when you have a lot of leaders who are either asleep at the wheel or making excuses for Islam or simply not facing up to the real enemy we have. So again, a good year in the sense that uh, Trump is a little bit more realistic about the threat we face. Bill, I'll have to cut in. We're about to go to news. To encourage listeners, though, continuing our conversation, interested in your comments, your thoughts, has 2017 been a good or a bad year? Uh, Bill Muhlenberg, as we reflect on good and bad in 2017, there were some really significant anniversaries that were celebrated. And, of course, thinking of the 500th anniversary of the Reformation and the 100 years since the charge of the light horse on Beersheba, these were pretty significant anniversaries to remember, and they do perhaps mark uh, 2017 as as something of a good year in being able to draw attention to those very significant times. Yes, certainly uh, pretty massive anniversaries indeed, both very significant, although, of course, we would uh, be aware that 
partly depends, again, who's uh, looking at these situations. Some of my Catholic friends may not be quite as uh, uh, thrilled with uh, celebrating the Reformation, uh, but as probably the good bulk of your listeners would be, uh, I suppose, like you and I, uh, Protestants, Evangelicals, uh, you know, we see that for all of its faults, it was a momentous uh, occasion in history. It certainly changed the world in so many ways. And, uh, well, many of us would look and say that it really helped to liberate the gospel or bring us back to the gospel. Of course, it was never Luther's original intention to leave the church or set up anything new. He was simply seeking to deal with some areas that he thought had gone awry, but uh, his hand was sort of forced uh, by the powers that be at the time, so uh, we did end up with a, a division there. But, uh, yeah, if it's uh, something that results in us getting back to basics, back to the Bible, back to a clearer understanding of just what the gospel is and what it means and how we can help uh, win others to God through Christ because of it, well, we would say that's a good thing. So, yeah, 500 years on, quite a momentous event. We can talk to listeners might have their own thoughts on just the significance of the 100 years of the light horse charge on Beersheba. Bill, let's talk about a couple of black spots. And interesting when you say black spot, whose perspective are you talking about? Because as Christian believers, uh, we had a significant year with the marriage debate. Uh, the defeat of Christian marriage, uh, you would say, with the No campaign, endeavouring to uh, hold to a traditional view of marriage, a view that Christians see was a God-ordained perspective on marriage. And uh, and that's that's been a black spot, I, I imagine, and, uh, and the consequences of that are significant and are yet to be seen as to how they will really pan out into the new year. Your, your reflection on on the, the marriage debate uh, for the past year? Well, that certainly was our blackest moment uh, for 2017. Um, I think without question, um, when you destroy something as vital, as important, as long-standing as the institutions of marriage and family, which this inevitably does whenever you radically redefine it out of existence, uh, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's a major thing. And as I and others have warned, you know, repeatedly for years, we simply look overseas to see the ramifications of this. We don't have to guess. We don't have to wonder. We know exactly what happens when marriage is redefined. The uh, attack on religious freedom is a major part of this. The erosion of parental rights, curtailment of freedom of speech, just so many areas that are threatened big time uh, when the radical agenda of a very tiny minority group holds sway. So, yeah, we've uh, it just happened recently, and we will see next year all the many negative ramifications of this, but that was a dark day. I mean, we can talk about 22 previous attempts in Parliament that were knocked back. Uh, many of us fought these for years and years, and for a long time we thought, wow, God is, you know, blessing us. He's keeping us strong. But, uh, you know, at the end, uh, well, it, it, it fell, but um, it's not the end of the world. In fact, just one small country I read about this week has just reversed their 
pro-homosexual marriage decision. So you never know. Things can uh, change, but it's much more difficult. So we are living in new and uh, going to be much more difficult times, certainly for Christians. Well, we're taking calls, perspectives on whether 2017 has been a good or a bad year. Let's take a call from Betty in Kalgoorlie in WA. Hello, Betty. Welcome along. Betty, are you with us? Yes. Betty, I hello. can... Hello, Betty. What are your thoughts? Oh, my thoughts for 2017? Yep. Is that, that's the question that's that come is, up yep, this time, yep. isn't it? Anyone mm-hmm. can ring and have a conversation <laughs> with. Yep, and you're on the air now. Uh, um, what are your thoughts? My thoughts, I will begin with the good. And the good, um, Donald Trump, I think is marvellous. And I think God has the right person because you cannot have a coward leading a nation, and especially a nation like America that is broken every rule in the book. He is not like any other politician that promise you the world and gives you the world map in the end. He say what he has to do and he start doing it. And I even love him more when he made Jerusalem, recognized Jerusalem for what Jerusalem really is. I'm a Christian. And for Western, for Australia, this nation, 2017, to me, it marks a year of sadness and a lot of pain. The day we allow, this nation allow sodomy to take place, to me, the will is already set and it's in motion for God's judgment for this nation. It's so sad. Betty, some interesting and uh, powerful comments you're making there because uh, a day of sadness and pain. Uh, Bill Muhlenberg, uh, reflecting on something similar there. What are your thoughts for Betty? Well, Betty's certainly right. She's uh, got my vote of confidence. Uh, I couldn't agree more, certainly with the uh, uh, issue of Australia and the bigger picture of are we now bringing the judgment of God upon ourselves? I think she's absolutely right. I've uh, spoken of this often. Uh, God is infinite. God is gracious. But as we've uh, been rightly warned, God's grace in relation to us is not always infinite. There does come a time when if enough warnings go unheeded and enough of his prophets go unlistened to, uh, judgment falls on a nation. We see that constantly in the Bible. We see it in world history. So you really do have to ask if we're going to turn our back on God in such a huge way as we did this year. Um, you know, we can certainly keep pleading for God's mercy, but uh, judgment may be the uh, appropriate response. So we just have to stay on our knees and ask for God's grace, whatever happens in the days ahead. Well, Betty, I love your passion. Thank you so much for calling in, being part of 2020 today. Our talkback line open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take a call from Anne in Labrador in Queensland. Hello, Anne. Welcome along. Hello. Nice to to, um, to listen to you. Um, uh, the last comment before that, he was talking about the marriage thing, the marriage debate. I think that that's put us really down, you know, in as as a country. Um, because I think that um, we don't listen to what God wants us to, to to do, especially those who are in government, and the way that they really, really got so excited after that 
gives me a reflection of how our government is and our leaders are, and they're not listening to God. And um, the day is going to come when, when, when the Lord's going to come back again because this world is getting more corrupt every year. You see it, you know, and especially for Christians in this, uh, in, in here in Australia too, because of what we've seen overseas. Yeah. So I just believe that even though there may be some glimpses of hope and stuff that is around the world and like that Jerusalem being the capital of Israel, yes, okay, that was one good in- incident. But there are other pl- other plans and stuff that happen in this world and and uh, it's gradually getting to the stage where um, it's getting more corrupt just like it was in the Noah's day. And good thoughts there, and this in, this uh, issue of growing corruption. Uh, Bill Muhlenberg, uh, f- your thoughts for Anne, but uh, when we talk about growing corruption, uh, this is a consequence of any nation that moves away from these foundation uh, values and principles that we have in a godly society. Uh, your thoughts for Anne? Well, she's quite right. Anne is pointing out the obvious that when we do shake our fists at God, any of us, but especially when our leadership does it, uh, that's scary stuff indeed. That is not something we should trifle with. We see uh, just what happens when nations reject God and try to defy God. Certainly in the Old Testament, we read about their fate, but we see this in history as well for the last several thousand years. Uh, tyrants and dictators and even benevolent dictators come and go, uh, they think they're going to take over the world and defy God in the process, but, well, God is still on the throne, even though they are long gone. So I think Anne is right. We're in the same place today, and we really have to be careful. And uh, probably national repentance is the order of the hour. Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. You can be part of our conversation on 1-800-316-316. There may be time for another call or two. Bill Muhlenberg, one of the other biggest things that's happened in the world this year is that North Korea began to test their ballistic missiles, uh, shooting those across the Sea of Japan. And uh, for the first time, for a long time, people have felt that the whole world is under threat of nuclear annihilation. Uh, what are your thoughts about what's happened with North Korea and whether uh, whether the nations of the world are taking this seriously enough? Yes, well, it's always a, a real worry when you have a madman, and in this case an evil madman, with uh, such nu- nuclear capabilities. Uh, it puts the whole world at risk. Uh, as always, uh, the wrong response is the same thing that encouraged Hitler, a, a policy of appeasement and let's just try to get along. Uh, a stronger response is needed. And again, in this sense, Trump is probably much better than, say, an Obama or Hillary Clinton to stand strong against somebody like this. But it's certainly a area where we have to pray and work hard to prevent real uh, catastrophe from happening. Well, it's an unfolding issue as it goes, and uh, there'll be plenty more to talk about in 2018 when it comes to the threat that's coming from North Korea. We are taking calls at 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Nigel is in Margaret River in WA. Hello, Nigel. Welcome along. G'day. Thank you very much. What are your thoughts, Nigel? Uh, well, 
tagging along uh, with the North Korea thing, I am really looking forward to the general population remembering um, how powerful ideas are. In They can be powerful in a negative sense and uh, powerful in a positive sense. So some of the rhetoric that goes around is kind of you can believe what you want, it doesn't matter. But um, obviously with reference to Adolf Hitler and so forth, um, these things started with belief and uh, and fairly uh, unsavoury uh, practices as far as uh, jumping in with the occult and so forth. But, um, yeah. Nigel, a powerful thought there, because ideas grow into ideologies and they do affect the outcomes of whole nations and indeed the entire world. Uh, thoughts from Bill Muhlenberg for Nigel. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, ideas have consequences, as he said. Bad ideas have bad consequences, and we've seen uh, plenty of them in the past year and the past century. Probably the predominant one being an ideology of radical secular humanism, which is especially trying to remake the world in its own image. Uh, with that bad idea, we've probably lost at least 100 million lives uh, in the last century, whether through uh, Lenin and Stalin and Hitler and Mao. Uh, bad ideas can have some real bad results, and we've paid the price with a lot of blood. So the good thing is, can we learn from the lessons of history? We've tried these uh, godless ideologies and the course of utopias, and they sure haven't worked. So uh, hopefully we can get jarred out of our complacency and learn from last year and the last century. Nigel from Margaret River, thanks so much for your call. Bill, just a few minutes remaining in our conversation. As we reflect on some of these bad things that are upon us in the world 2017, and it'll be a tough year ahead 2018, what can we speculate about or what can we reflect upon about the church's response to this? Because I think uh, sometime in our conversation uh, you mentioned that uh, church leaders or whether it was national leaders, some of them have been asleep at the wheel. Uh, Christian believers oftentimes just taking things, uh, she'll be right mate. Uh, but there is a sense in which there does seem to be an uplift in the way that Christian believers are thinking about the issues and the, a lot of people thinking about things more deeply and recognising that some action needs to be taken. What are your thoughts? Is there a good point to bring out for 2017 with the way that the church is changing? Yeah, well, certainly the marriage battle this year did at least galvanise some of the churches into action, into waking up into seeing that they have a responsibility to be salt and light. They cannot remain silent on such vital issues. So that could be a, a good takeaway from this year, and hopefully we'll see more of it next year. The churches really do have to wake up. They do have to get involved in the life issues, the marriage and family issues, the religious freedom issues. It's no longer business as usual, and we have to speak up. We, of all people, are called to be salt and light so I guess the, the trick is uh, we can easily get into a kind of unhelpful fatalism. Well, it's all going to happen according to God's plan anyways, or it's all predicted in the Bible. And that can result in a quietism where we don't do anything. 
But the simple truth is God works and man works and he chooses to work through his people. We have to get involved and he will do his bit. Uh, the obvious quick illustration, if you see a child on the street about to get run over by an oncoming truck, you don't just say, oh, well, it's God's will. You do all you can. You run, rescue that child, and do what you can to save life. It's the same here. We'll have more battles next year. It'll probably get worse in the short term. If and when the Lord comes, uh, if he tarries, we may see uh, uh, something get better. But I would say it's going to probably at least the immediate future is going to look a bit grim. So again, the good news is Christians may be waking up a bit, perhaps a bit too late, but if we can get more Christians, both leaders and individual Christians, taking a stand for their faith, for freedom, for family, well, that gives us hope for the new year. Bill, just to reflect at the end of our conversation on the sorts of resources that help Christian believers to think about the issues Christianly. And as I reflect on the fact that we've been talking regularly each week and we talk about articles that you write, you have them on your website, billmuhlenberg.com, simply Google Culture Watch, but, but you're endeavouring to connect these issues to people with Christian faith so that they can be understanding of what the issue means and how then to respond. There are lots of resources. Yours is one, but and yours is a good one. But so far as taking advantage of the resources that people can get in order to think Christianly about issues, this is going to be something important for 2018. Yeah, absolutely right. And as you say, plenty of good ones out there. Uh, all the obvious candidates, whether Family Voice or Australian Christian Lobby, Marriage Alliance, you know, there's a lot of good groups, but we do have to avail ourselves of them. We have to read what they're writing. We have to get involved in their campaigns. We have to get off our backsides. We have to start getting serious about the culture wars. So a lot of good uh, resources do exist, but they will do nobody any good. Uh, if we just go back to business as usual, complacency is long gone. We don't have that luxury anymore. Things are hotting up. So by all means, everyone listening here needs to start getting more involved, read more, get more active, pray more, work more. And with God's grace, we can uh, still bring him glory and still um, do that which is right in a very uh, dark world. And Bill, uh, as we reflect on 2017, a good year or a bad year, having had our conversation over this past hour, uh, which side are you tending to to fall on? Uh, is this a is, has it been a good year or is it has it been a bad year? It's not over yet. No, <laughs> We've still got a little bit of time to go. But uh, what are you, what are your final thoughts? Well, look, it's always a good year when God is on the throne and uh, Jesus is uh, coming again. So that has to be the final word. There's a lot of bad stuff in the short term, very bad. We don't minimize it, but the great news is God is always true. He's always faithful, and he will fulfill his promises, and we look forward to uh, when he does return. Well, I like your sentiment. It's always a good year because God is on the throne and as believers, as followers of Christ, we are not overtaken by evil, but our focus is on God. Uh, Bill, great getting your insights. I'll point people to com or simply Google Culture Watch to have a look at some of Bill's latest articles. Bill, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Always a pleasure. 
Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.